When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. What a way to kick off the first full work week of 2024 with a Packers win and a spot in the playoffs. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff along with you, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. And I'll tell you what, it's sweet to be doing this show after a Packers win. What a game. I was surrounded by friends and a bucket of beer. There were a few Bears fans where we were and the look on their faces was worth kind of the roller coaster of a season we've had. And when it comes to the weather, the news has been less exciting until now. Snow is coming and a lot of it. Our ag meteorologist Stu Muck will be joining us live with a look at our wintry forecast that could bring five to eight inches this week. In other agribusiness news, FarmAid has given out its year-end round of grants. 97 farm organizations got a total of just under a million dollars. Five of these groups are in Wisconsin. Wisconsin Farmers Union, Marble Seed, and the Michael Fields Agricultural Institute are among them. The money aims to help those organizations provide services to farmers and improve communication with consumers. In 1985, Willie Nelson, Neil Young, and John Mellencamp organized the first Farm Aid concert, and they did it to raise money to keep farm families on the land. Dave Matthews joined the bunch in 2001. Margot Price joined in 2021. And over the years, Farm Aid has raised more than $78 million. We've got a lot more for you in the hour, including an in-studio visit with UW Extension. They know that when work slows down in the winter, that gives our mind more time to focus. And sometimes it's on the bad stuff. They've got a free program that will teach you how to focus your energy on improving the farm business instead of dwelling on the negative. But first, we hear from an ag economist visiting Wisconsin. Stay tuned. Ever wonder what deja vu sounds like? Yeah. Something like that, because that's the sound of Dairyland Seed delivering the greatest soybeans in our history again. This year's lineup, led by Dairyland Seed and List E3 Soybeans, brings even better agronomic characteristics, even tougher weed control, and even higher yield potential. And once again, they're proven to outperform the competition in independent head-to-head trials. See the latest soybean performance results at showmethesoybeanyield.com. That's showmethesoybeanyield.com. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Where are these markets going for agricultural commodities? Let's find out. Dr. Corey Walters with us from the University of Nebraska Agricultural Economics Department. First of all, Corey, one of the things that we're dealing with in the farm bill is crop insurance. And I think most people expect crop insurance is going to be in the farm bill and maybe be enhanced, but not without challenges. The General Accounting Office doesn't think maybe it's a good idea. There's some money going where maybe it shouldn't and too much. 
Correct. That's the that's the report. Uh, I've not read it in, in a lot of detail yet, but the this has been something on the horizon that that there are some you know excess profits floating around in the industry, um, and they are giving some advice on where those things are at and and some potential solutions. Now now with that, it's this is just standard procedure. This is taxpayer dollars coming back. Um, we need to make sure those are used efficiently and effectively. Uh, what will actually transpire out of this, you know, that will be a, a, a great debate because there are, there are very good things about crop insurance, particularly, you know, helping rural economies survive um, and, and flourish into the future. And, and of course, there's going to be some hiccups along the road because it's a, uh, it's a, it's a complex program with a, a lot of different interests in it and a lot of different viewpoints. So I, I don't know which one's the right way, but uh, we, we should always be looking to make things more efficient and effective. Folks that are going to write this farm bill are saying that uh, crop insurance is a given. But you do expect it to be tweaked because there is not going to be any extra money. We've got to deal with what we've got already fun financially in a farm bill. Crop insurance as a whole, as far as the, the menu of contracts that producers can select from, that's not going anywhere. Where I think it, the, the action is going to be is up in the reinsurance side of it and the, the, the administrative and operating expenses and all that sort of stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes. And then there is, of course, the question of, of if you're a really wealthy, large farm, should you be getting the same amount of subsidies as a smaller counterpart? That's, that's a fundamental question that's been going on for a long time. We'll continue to debate this thing of what what that means, and there's good sides and bad sides to, to that argument. It's 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 unclear to me what what's the best way to move forward. Moving forward, too, we're still going to have the the private uh, insurers involved in this. The government doesn't want any part. It doesn't seem like of uh, of being in charge of the insurance itself. <laughs> Correct. Yes, incentivizing those private insurance companies, those AIPs, to go out and procure uh, contracts has been fantastic because they've done a great job. Uh, agents are very knowledgeable on how the the system works, and so no, that's that's not going to go anywhere. Uh, they they will be there, but again, they independently get to select where they operate. Um, how they share in the reinsurance markets, how they pay agents. There's, there's a lot of choices they get. And, you know, if there's some that aren't as, as uh, uh, efficient with that, you know, that's, that's going to be tougher for them. It appears so moving forward. And as we do move forward, we get into the, uh, the new year. We're into the new fiscal year as far as the government is concerned. Cropping situations that we're dealing with, who knows what will happen next year as far as the uh, weather is concerned. But as you look at these markets here at the end of the year going into the, the new year, are you surprised where they're at being the world situation? I'm, I'm never surprised. I am trying to manage a portfolio of what could happen in my farm operation. So very likely quite a few folks have sold some you know, off the combine, some have some in storage, and some pre-harvest uh, marketed some. So they, you got to work off an average price. I can't tell you where the price path is going to go into the future, uh, but but if you you know let every leave everything unpriced, um, you know you're going to get you know that that maximum amount of uncertainty, and then uh, you know relieving some of that by selling something. You're working on an average price. So always think about your average price because going forward, it's it's unpredictable. There's too many forces that can enter the market and push it in ways that we can't fathom right now. The forces we can fathom, though, are China as far as imports, South America as far as exports, what's going on in Ukraine. Are there other forces that, uh, that you're looking at, some unforeseen forces that we don't see that you see in your research? 
they'll be revealed when they reveal themselves, if they are. I still can't stress enough about thinking about that average price, knowing that, that there are things in, you know, in, in the woods that haven't revealed themselves yet. And always remember that the, the, the commodity prices we see today are opinion. They're opinion of buyers and sellers who are actively trading those, and that can change at any moment in time. And I'm always on the side of it's good to, be, to have some unsold crop somewhere in the system because you never know what opportunities could come, but you, we always have to accept the downside risk of that as well. How do we look at uh, the unsold crop? We've got, uh, you know, maybe one of the best jobs I have right now is a grain bin salesman because uh, there's a lot of crop stored on farm, a lot of uncertainty and unhappiness with the current prices we have. So uh, how do you look at that as far as uh, a price point? Every farm different? Uh, uh, well, of course, but, uh, the, you know, the big picture ones are, you know, what's the carry in the futures market, and then what's your local basis doing to incentivize you to let loose of that. And we have to put our mind back in the current price uh, that we're seeing now, that this price path. We can't go back to what it was a year ago. Uh, we, have to, we have to stay forward-looking and, and look at that, that, what the market's offering us now. And, of course, you know, we're getting into the, the holiday season here. You know, there may not be a lot of buying going on right now because people are, are ending, you know, going places, doing things. So, so maybe prudent to wait to the to the beginning part of next year, and then, of course, on the seasonality front, you know, you, you got to get into May to to June for that. As far as looking at the charts of what uh, you know the Chinese might need, uh, you know, what we can export out of uh, Ukraine, their fight with Russia. How much up in the air are some of those situations still, or can we put any positivity at all into saying this is what China has to have? They can only get so much from South America. I mean, this, there are a lot of wild cards out there. Uh, yes, there's a lot of wild cards, and you're, you're reminding me of a of a, uh, a story from some traders here uh, a few years ago that were over there in China uh, visiting. And they asked them, how do you count how much corn or whatever commodity it is out in the countryside? And the, the Chinese official uh, looked back at him and said, well, it's really easy. He said, we just wait until we hear what you guys say is here. <laughs> and so how reliable is something like that as far as a farmer is concerned to find that price? So the excitement in that part is, is we have to wait until they come in and start buying. And, and we don't know if they will or not. But we have to be there with some with some grain to sell them if they do enter it, and know that if they don't, you know, the the, the downside may uh, uh, end up on us. But but always have a chance for some upside. We we don't know when they'll enter. They they'll keep their cards close to them. Are there other countries? Of course, Mexico, Canada, Japan, China, the wild card kind of. Are there other countries, other parts of the world that uh, could rise up and be a factor here in the future? Do you see? You're you're on the the purchasing side. Yeah, uh, nothing comes to my mind right now, but that's why I, I have you know, un, unsold commodities in the bend because we never know, um, and because they, they keep their cards close, and then it, and then it hits, and and then all of a sudden it becomes front page news, and the traders start trading it, and speculators enter the market, and prices go up. So as we uh, go forward, uh, some advice at the end of the year, going into the next marketing year, before we get into planning season, as far as looking at these markets. Accept the markets that we're in. You know, look forward. We're, you can't look back. Don't don't get, don't get depressed about it. Um, there still can be some reasonable profitability in this. Use seasonality in your your advantage. Um, the, the the seasonality can can give you some uh, you know gains of, of trading um, over time. But you you know every few years we'll take a, a lick here or there. But seasonality generally, of course, through time will work well. Are you surprised that corn has gotten so close down to four dollars as it has? No. 
I, my, my price range is, is quite, quite wide. Um, there, it's, it's often what we don't see that could have happened that's more important than what's actually happened. Um, and we always have to remember that. It's, it's, we only get one price path a year, and there's thousands, millions of ways it, could have, it can evolve this year. It happened to go down. Got to be flexible. Totally flexible and become immune to uh, uh, these things where it doesn't put you in a, in a financial bind with the banker. Very good. Dr. Corey, thank you. Thank you. All right, Dr. Corey Walter from the University of Nebraska, ag economist, visiting Wisconsin. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation, that's BioVet. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with Lazy Luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer. <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. And the weather was certainly a conversation this weekend once we started getting the alerts about a winter storm on its way. I'm Stephanie Hoff along with you this morning. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. It's time now for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. Stu, what time will Mother Nature kick into high gear this week? And just how much is she going to drop on us? Well, Stephanie, I think tonight is the night when things will begin, when that precipitation will be starting up and will most likely be starting to add up as well for a lot of us. I mean, you look at the map across Wisconsin, and there starts out this evening, you know, 9 o'clock and later, with a winter weather advisory in parts of southern and eastern Wisconsin that becomes a winter storm warning then overnight. And that winter storm warning extends all the way from southeast Minnesota, northeast Iowa, and northwest Illinois, right up through southern into eastern and northeast Wisconsin. 
you get further to the northwest, oh, up toward Black River Falls and further north before we talk just about a winter storm watch that goes into effect later today. It all has to do with low pressure that is going to move up out of the southwest. A strong storm we're going to watch down in the panhandle of Texas, Oklahoma today, moves into Oklahoma, southeast Missouri by late tonight, early tomorrow, and heads up toward Indiana as we make our way through late Tuesday into Wednesday. There's rain and snow down in Kansas, Oklahoma, and a little rain, snow, freezing rain mix in eastern Nebraska. Some snow falling in southern Wisconsin, northwest Iowa, South Dakota already. And all of that activity will advance east and northeast and move up into Wisconsin, where we expect to see all kinds of precipitation and winds that get stronger. Wind gusts already tonight up toward 25 tomorrow to 30 miles per hour. Add new snow to that. You've got a wet, sloppy mess without good visibility. Slippery conditions without a doubt. We are going to talk about winter weather as we make our way on through late tonight, certainly into the day Tuesday, improving by Wednesday, getting colder than later in the week. We'll save all the details and have them for you right after this. What does supporting rural communities look like? At Compere Financial, we believe it starts with giving back. That's why we are here, with grants that invest in the communities we serve to help beginning farmers fund agricultural education, support first responders, stimulate economic growth, and partner with causes that matter to our clients. Visit Compeer.com to learn more. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. And remember that you can be a part of the weather forecast too by telling us what you're seeing in the field and in the sky. All you have to do is send us a text. Our talk text line number is 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. And Stu, I just remembered this morning that we haven't started our snowblower yet this winter. And if she doesn't start, well, it sounds like I'll be getting my workout by shoveling. You'll be on that shovel, but, you know, take it easy, too. Don't overdo it. We have to remember all of those things as well. But let's roll into this Compure Financial Ag Weather Forecast. And, of course, we have the winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories and the like. A lot of those kicking in toward this evening and tonight. And then later tonight, the winter storm warning really covering southern Wisconsin. We have a cloudy Monday in store. Not too bad for this time of the year. Uh, freezing in a bit above 32 to 34 degrees all across the southern half of the state. And I'd expect south winds at 5 to 10 to become east a bit later. It's tonight that some snow develops. Cloudy skies, of course. Temps dropping back to about 30, upper 20s here and there. East winds gusting up to 25. Snow blowing in in the southern, call it half of the state, and an inch or two could accumulate already late tonight. Cloudy, windy, and snow tomorrow. Temps at freezing are just above. East winds 5 to 15, gusting around 30. That's where snow amounts, uh, going to say the heaviest lacrosse, Mauston, and up toward the Fox Valley. We're talking about some possible four to six inches of snow on top of a couple of inches possible tonight. And by tomorrow, still cloudy with some snow ending tonight, that is, mostly cloudy by Wednesday. Cooler, only about 30, and the northwest winds 5 to 15 becomes southwest later in the day, and it does get colder later in the week, Stephanie, but if you've kind of figured it out, I'm looking at the heaviest snow from uh, Quad Cities and Dubuque and up toward Mauston and into central Wisconsin, and it could be 6 to 10 inches in that area, and everybody else kind of east and west just a little bit lighter, a couple of inches less, but it's going to be pretty snowy through the day tomorrow. 
Pretty snowy, and maybe the first time that we've seen this kind of amount yet this year, you know, throughout the winter season. So safety going to be a huge factor this week. Going to be a huge factor, and we're getting a lot of moisture out of this too, but we are going to have to be careful, especially later tonight and tomorrow. We'll talk more about that with you, Stu, tomorrow morning. Again, Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck along with us for your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. You can visit Compere.com to learn more. The ethanol industry is optimistic about what's happening in Washington, D.C. That story is coming to you yet this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have you ever had an MRI through the hospital where you're crunched inside a scary tube-like tunnel? MH Imaging in Middleton provides the spacious comfort of a completely open design MRI, the most updated concept in MRIs. It's an open MRI, open for everyone, regardless of insurance or doctor affiliation, for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And the results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. While being prepared is on the top of your priority list, add Englewood grass-fed beef as a key solution to your family's food supply. Englewood offers a broad range of options to deliver antibiotic and hormone-free beef from our farm to your table. Visit englewoodgrassfarm.com and click on the order page. Soon, you'll be stocked up on heart-healthy grass-fed beef. Englewood grass-fed beef farming to promote the health of our animals and our family of customers. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all in the family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, 
then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Ever since we met you, it has just been just this meteoric rise each yeah, time. And I know. you are just uh, became the first, was it the first uh, um, uh, woman GM for mm-hmm. the Madison Mallards? Yep. First one in history. And then you got a big announcement. Yes. It happened yesterday. Yes. But in case people missed it, what's the announcement, Sam? So we are launching a summer collegiate softball team. So cool. at the Duck Pond, we will now have Mallards and softball, which is really cool. So same level of play that the Mallards are will be recruiting a team from colleges all over the country um, and they will come to Madison and play in what we think is the best women's sports um, city in the world. Totally. So, um, that's awesome. Great. Awesome on you, Sam. Thanks. How Question cool for you, yeah. since both are going to be playing at the Duck, uh, duck Pond, mm-hmm. yeah, how's, how's how, how much work is going to be put in by the ground screw going from well, different bases. Yeah, I'm very intrigued on that. Well, That's a great question, Rowdy. We're getting turf. Oh, you are? We are. So we're getting, we're turfing the infield. So in within that turf, we'll have like different anchor points for like pitching rubbers and bases. So not only will it let us very quickly and easily move bases and pitching mounds and all of that, but now we can also host way more tournaments at the ballpark because when youth leagues would come to us and say like hey we want to play at the duck pond we're kind of like cool you can run to the grass because like there was nothing we can do before with our grass and now with the turf we'll have the ability to host a lot more because uh rj when he was just in here i was talking to him about it It was like the dimensions you know different so it's like Mm -hmm. uh, i was like how are they going to do it then he's like well maybe you know there's other fields around no but no you're in in the the duck pond yep in the duck pond that's gonna be awesome yeah so that's a lot of that's a lot of ball yeah going down in the summer i know so turfing the infield we're getting this or we want to get this really cool like state-of-the-art movable portable fence that's what i was gonna ask because softball obviously most of the fields 
especially at the collegiate level, are around 200 yes. feet. Yeah, we read between where... like 190 and like 210-ish is what like the standard is. Um, and so we have a, what a lot of people do, which is what we don't want to do, is they do like snow fence and they just like stake it in. Yeah. And it doesn't look good and, and it's not be super kind professional. Of right. And, and so. And the mailers are anything but low rent. Exactly. Yes. And so what we want is we have, we found this really cool four foot fence that's like, a really nice chain link material, but it's actually movable with a golf cart. So, like, you hook up the fence to a, the back of a golf cart, and you just, like, golf cart it on and off. Um, and it seems really easy, and so we think that we're... Knock on wood. Yeah, we don't know yet, but we think <laughs> we're going to do that. <laughs> um, and then the mound will have a portable mound. So it's, like, this really cool steel metal framing thing um, that you basically just, like, piece together, and that does take, like, 10 minutes to put together. And so we will put the mound on the field for baseball games and then obviously take it off for softball games. Now, come baseball season, mm-hmm. how much sleep do you get? Not much. Because you better get used to not sleeping at all when you got softball <laughs> coming in now, Sam. I know. Well, the cool part is the way that the schedule works for softball is that it's 21 home games, so it's 42-game season. They start, our opening night is June 16th, which is a Sunday, Mm -hmm. and they go until the first week of August. So it's a little bit of a shorter season with less games. Um, But the cool thing that we're doing is we're trying to put, like, we tried to do the schedule where there's some doubleheaders. So not only, like, softball, softball doubleheaders, but also there's three dates in the summer where it's a softball game and then a Mallards game. And so it'll be one ticket for each, a single admission. You can buy one ticket and watch not only Mallards, in baseball, but also watch softball. Now, being the GM, obviously you do have some input with the players that are mm-hmm. recruited. Because of the new turf field, yeah. are you looking at a potential different approach on players that you're looking to uh, Ooh, have rowdy. come in and play? Ooh, for baseball or for softball? For baseball. No. Just- Donnie is still here. Donnie is returning. There is no change in the baseball world. Donnie... Took a little bit of warming up to the turf <laughs> idea. Because <laughs> Donnie, Donnie is okay. old, school. old school. I did not want to say anything because it's like a new thing and everyone's hyping it up. But in the back of my mind, I was like, old school Donnie yeah. did not, I guarantee did not like the idea of turf and how it changes the game. It wasn't that he didn't like it. He was just more so like, it took a while. Like a lot of the teams in our league have turf. So it's not like we're the only team in the league or like, it's not like everyone has grass or we're the only one that does like a lot of, it's pretty split 50, 50. And so he knows how he's used to it. He is very old school, but he came around to it when we told him like, it's we're getting turf because of this other thing that's coming. That's really cool and really big and really good. He was kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, he like understood it. Did the chickens come home to roost last night? We'll find out. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back on a Monday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. A reminder that portions of East Central, South Central, and Southeast Wisconsin are in a winter weather advisory from 9 p.m. today to 6 a.m. tomorrow, and then will be in a winter storm warning from 6 a.m. Tuesday to 3 a.m. Wednesday. Total snow accumulations could add up to 9 inches or so, with winds gusting at around 40 miles per hour. If you must travel, keep an extra flashlight, food, and water in your vehicle in case of an emergency. You can get the latest road conditions by calling 511. In other news, today marks Plow Monday, according to the Old Farmer's Almanac. 
Plow Monday is the traditional start of the English agricultural year, and it's generally the first Monday after Epiphany. It was the day for the menfolk to return to work after the holidays, although no work was actually done on this day. It was a celebration for farm workers. A group of men would bring a plow to the villages for singing and dancing, and in the evening, there would be a big supper to celebrate Plow Monday, according to the Old Farmer's Almanac. This is a time of year that can be really difficult for folks, whether it's the holidays or the finances. It doesn't help that in the dead of winter, we've got downtime to dwell on some of these issues. UW Extension Specialist Joy Kirkpatrick joins us in studio because Extension is putting on a course that will help you turn those thoughts around and focus on how to improve the farm business. Joy, why don't you start by reminding us that we're not alone. A lot of farm families experience stress this time of year. For a lot of farms, they're finishing up, they're starting to look at their financials from the previous year, trying to think about what is it that we could improve or change so that it's a better year in 2024. Um, So that time of year, and I think also things slow down with the production part of it for, you know, a lot of farms. And so this is the time that they're able to maybe focus a bit more. And then that may stress them out a little bit because of thinking about the financials. Um, And then also, you know, um, coming off the holidays, there may have been some conversations that didn't go very well, right? And just thinking about what is it that we can improve and change to make our relationships better as well as our business. I think that is a lot of reason people may be a little stressed out at just at this particular point here in the first of the year. UW Extension is hosting, it's going on now, turning stress into success, helping farmers navigate through this difficult time of year. So Joy, tell us what is Extension offering? We are um, offering a new program. It's called Navigating Your Ag Business from Stress to Success. And it is an opportunity if you, if a farm owner or a farm business has something that they're really wanting to work on, right? Maybe there's something that's really kind of nagging them. It's like, oh, I need to address that issue. Or um, maybe they're just looking at here's the beginning of 2024. How what what are some really intentional things that we can do in the next few months to really put us in a better position? Right. It could maybe be, you know, looking at modernizing or becoming more efficient or um, thinking about some adding a, a new enterprise to bring in more income or use your resources better. Anything that you might be thinking about or if there's something that's kind of stressing you, this um, series, which is actually um, it's an online course, it's we have some what we call modules. So you go through modules on your own, self-paced online. We've got um, different series of things, um, videos and that sort of thing. And then you we're going to meet as a group. Uh, by Zoom, uh, our first meeting's February second. Then we build again to with those online self-paced things, and it goes. You know, we're starting here in January. We want you to go through some modules, and then we go through uh, those modules throughout almost to the end of March. So it gives you some time to really think about the things that you want to do and put together some goals and some action steps. So that would be if people are like, well, why would I want to do this? Like the take home is that by the end of the course, we help you develop an action step or an action plan that helps you address those stressors that you've identified at the very first of it. So and then also we will work with farms even after March to 
kind of be that accountability person so we can reach out and say, hey, these, this was the action step that you said you were going to take. Where are you on that? What other, what other things do you need to do? So it's, um, it's just a really a way to give long-term planning sort of a structure for people and some support. Joy, have you done programs like this in the past? What has been the responses from uh, other people who have attended? Yeah, that's a great question. We did what we would consider a pilot of the the content, right? The materials. Um, we did it in person in 2022. And uh, people were really able to make some pretty um, significant decisions and changes. We taught them strategies that they could continue using, right? One of the strategies that we found farmers will come back to is a SWOT analysis. I don't know if uh, people know what that is, but it's an acronym for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So it gives you a time, a, an opportunity to look at your farm kind of broadly, like what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, what are some opportunities that we can maybe take advantage of, or what are some threats that we really need to sort of mitigate that risk. And we have farmers who are saying, we do a SWOT analysis, you know, every few months just to make sure that we're on top of what we can do and, and how we can make changes to our farm. And we've had uh, farms that have started working through succession plans after they've taken this because that was the thing that they really wanted to talk about. Uh, people who have started new enterprises after um, taking this class. And so we decided to do this virtual hybrid where um, they do some things on their own and then meet with us as a group because we want to build that peer learning sort of community. And that's why we want to do those Zoom meetings that are live and space is limited. Joy, how much room is left? Uh, we have room for about probably three more farms. And uh, technically, the the module one opened up on January 1st. But if people want to register now, we can get them um, signed up into the course. What does cost look like? For this particular uh, program, because it is a pilot, it is free. So if you find yourself during the slow time of the year dwelling on the negative, this free UW Extension course can help you turn that energy toward a goal or a new opportunity for your farm business. You can find the details at the Division of Extension website. Extension Specialist Joy Kirkpatrick joining us in studio, reminding us that they've still got space in their free online course called Navigating Your Egg Business. From stress to success. As you heard earlier, farms who have taken this course before found new tools to help get the business through some challenges, and you could get those tools as well. Before we take a look at our commodity markets this morning, here's what's happening in Wisconsin agriculture. 47 farmer-led groups got a million dollars in watershed protection grants. The dollars come from the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. The money supports producer-led conservation by encouraging on-the-ground efforts to improve soil health, and water quality. This is the ninth round of grant awards since the funding was first made available in the 2015 state budget. Interest continues to exceed what's available. This funding cycle got the highest amount of requests in the history of the program. You can see which farmer-led watershed groups got a grant at MidwestFarmReport.com. 
Grain markets are starting the week off in the red. From Chicago, cash corn is down a quarter of a cent at 460 and a half. December new crop corn is down a penny and a half at 492 and a half. Cash beans are trading down four and a half cents at 12.51 and three quarters. And November new crop beans are down a penny and three quarters at 12.06 and three quarters. Cash wheat is down eight and three quarter cents at 6.07 and a quarter. And July new crop wheat is down eight and a half at 6.26 and a half. Moving on to our dairy markets, the February Class 3 milk contract is trading up 3 cents at 15.56 a hundredweight. The March contract is up 7 cents at 16.23. On the close Friday, barrel cheese was down a half a cent at $1.41. The 40-pound block cheese was down 2 cents at $1.43 and a half, and AA butter closed down 7.5 cents at 2.57 and a half. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report along with you on a Monday. Thanks for tagging along with us this morning. And to round out the hour, Charity Seebecker talks with the American Coalition for Ethanol. The industry is optimistic about consumer trends and policy that will influence ethanol in the new year. Stick around for that. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Exteriors, just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing, windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to legacy-exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors, just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Ethanol industry leaders are optimistic about the future of the industry and E15. That's according to Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report, and Jennings says that they're currently facing an oversupply. He explains more about how the renewable fuel standard 
and Inflation Reduction Act are impacting the future of the industry. Usually this time of year, we're waiting on EPA to give us some sort of idea what the blending obligation is going to be for next year. But we don't have to worry about that because this time around, EPA set a rule for three years at a time. So we sort of know the rules of the road right now. About 15 billion gallons is what will be required for conventional biofuel through 2025. We wanted something a little bit more than that, to be honest with you, but it's generally okay as long as the Biden administration continues to hold the line on these small refinery exemptions. Those were exemptions that refineries got in the past that really undermined the physical blending of E85 and E15, but the Biden administration has discontinued that practice of those small refinery exemptions, so we feel like the RFS is on a little better track now, and we won't really have any uh, future RFS rulemaking until either this time next year around the election or post-election, and that will be for the 2026 and beyond calendar years. So we're in this sort of holding pattern right now on the RFS, and that's probably okay. What about the status of E15 and other activity that's impacting those higher blends? Yeah, so the RFS can help drive E15, um, but the problem with the E15 issue is that we don't have this nationwide solution in place yet, right? So we got this emergency waiver this summer from the Biden administration where it could be sold in all states during the summer months. Now we have sort of a two-track approach that we're taking to try and solve this issue once and for all. One is the Midwest governors have taken the initiative to petition EPA to allow E15 in their states. And EPA has tentatively proposed to give them the green light. So what we're waiting on is sort of the final approval of this petition for these eight Midwestern states which is a big deal because those eight states comprise about half of the E15 locations in the country. But we need a nationwide solution. And so we are also, the second approach that we're pursuing is this legislative approach where we're working with Congress, Republicans and Democrats in Congress, to enact legislation to permanently uh, and nationwide allow for E15 year-round. And what I can tell you and your listeners is that we believe we are closer than ever before to making progress on this. We've come close in the past in Congress, but not quite gotten over the finish line. We're getting closer and closer, and so we're working hard to do that so we can just sort of take care of this issue once and for all. And now transitioning kind of to that Inflation Reduction Act, how is that affecting things right now with the credits, funds, biofuel infrastructure, things like that? Where Where's that? Yeah, so there's a lot of money, all right, in this Inflation Reduction Act, and it's sort of hard to keep track of everything. I think the first part to describe is that USDA is doing an excellent job of rolling out the opportunity for retailers and others to get their hands on up, upwards of half a billion dollars to get more infrastructure in place for E15 and E85. You know, we have over 3,000 locations in more than 30 states selling E15. We have about 6,000 locations around the country that are selling E85, but we need more, and that's what this USDA money will help us do. We'll really expand opportunities for retailers to sell those blends. So that's the first part. The IRA also contains these new tax credits that are that could be incredibly lucrative for clean fuel producers, sort of rewarding 
uh, energy producers that lower their carbon footprint. So there's a sustainable aviation fuel tax credit right now. So that's an important feature we're looking at and needing the GREET model to be used to determine the carbon intensity there. There's a new uh, tax credit called the 45Z Clean Fuel Production Tax Credit. It kicks in in 2025. That would pay ethanol producers and others upwards of a dollar a gallon based on their carbon intensity. So it's really important that we work with Treasury to get that done properly. And what, what we're really trying to do is make sure that farmers and the activities that they engage in reduce tillage, more efficient use of their nitrogen fertilizer, cover crops, things that help reduce the carbon intensity of the corn being delivered to ethanol facilities. We want those kinds of farming practices to be rewarded through this tax credit so farmers can get in on the action too. So that's our priority for us. And you kind of touched on that clean fuel regulation. Can you touch a little on that and how you guys are helping to kind of secure farmers' access to those markets? Yeah, so it's not just the United States. Countries around the world are enacting these policies or regulations that require you, if you're a fuel supplier, to demonstrate you're reducing your carbon intensity, that you're reducing your impact on the environment. And Canada is a great example. They have this new clean fuel regulation. It kicked in on July 1st. And one of the features of that that we really like and we'd like to replicate in the United States from Canada is that Canada does appear to be allowing some of these farm practices I just talked about cover crops in some parts of the country, um, reduced use of nitrogen fertilizer or more efficient use of nitrogen fertilizer and reduced tillage practices to help count towards the carbon footprint of ethanol. So the ethanol plants selling into Canada are going to earn a premium for their lower carbon fuel and they ought to be helping them pay farmers part of that premium for delivering them corn that has lower carbon intensity. So Canada's demonstrating, I think, to the world, certainly to the U.S., hey, if we can do this, you can as well. So we want to use Canada as a good example. Kind of now backing out a little bit, provide an overview of just the state of the ethanol industry and marketplace right now, what we're kind of dealing with now, but even then looking forward, what's projections? Yeah, the industry has really had a healthy year. Um, we're, we're in an oversupply situation. Uh, we produce um, over 15 billion gallons uh, of ethanol in the United States, and domestically we're using just a little bit over 14 billion gallons. How do we overcome that supply-demand imbalance? More E15 and E85 use, like you and I have talked about. So we're working on that, but the, the way we've addressed that um, in the past, and it'll continue to be the case this year, is that countries like Canada have high demand for U.S. ethanol. So that supply-demand imbalance is really taken up by the export markets. There's strong export demand around the country. So what we see in an industry, uh, uh, ethanol producers are doing well. Ethanol prices are down from where they were a year ago, but corn prices are down from where they were a year ago as well. And I got to tell you, natural gas prices are substantially down from where they were a year ago. And so the profit picture looks pretty good for these producers. They should be returning you know, profits, revenues, dividends to their shareholders, and I know they're doing that, which strengthens rural America. So I would say the story of the industry is that things are going really well. We need to get E15 year-round and keep making progress on things like climate smart agriculture. That was Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. With export markets strengthening, a strong demand, and lower corn prices, the industry looks to be in a good shape going into 2024. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report.